Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Thanks for joining us here on Thriving Entrepreneur today. As we talk about empowered women making an impact, there are so many amazing stories out there and we could go on for hours and hours bringing you powerful, strong, amazing women that are doing such cool and incredible things in this world. But I was fortunate enough to have the interviews with these three women that I'm going to bring to you today and talk about the things that they're doing in this world that not only have empowered them, but will empower you to, to help you make the impact and the difference that you're meant to make in this world. Thanks so much for joining me here today. My name is Steve Kidd. I am a third generation minister, international best-selling author of 22 books and counting, and I love helping people share their stories. My guilty pleasure is this podcast, this radio show, and I absolutely have a great time sitting with people, hearing their stories, hearing about the amazing things that they do in this world, the impact that they're making. And it is so interesting to see all the different ways that people show up and be just who they are, just who they were meant to be, and then make such an amazing difference in this world. What a great way to live and to thrive in all that you do. You know, being a thriving entrepreneur, of course, can be about running a business, but it can also just be about running the business of you. And so whether you have a company of your own or you work for a company or, you know, you're a stay-at-home mom, you have so many cool things that you do that make such an impact in this world. And I look forward to presenting to you these women to help you see some stories of empowered women that are making an impact. And hopefully, in them, you'll see a little bit of yourself, get a little bit of inspiration. You'll find out how you, too, can be an an empowered woman making an impact and how you can live as a thriving entrepreneur. I'm looking forward to bringing them to you. We're going to jump right in to our first guest here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Okay, another exciting book launch. I'm so excited to have this book um, and be ready to do it. I'm going to give Gina here just a second to be able to um, click a couple of buttons and repurpose this on LinkedIn. Well, I just ramble at you. You know, all of you that follow me know that I'm very good at that. Um, and then we're going to jump right into talking about this amazing book. Oh my gosh, everybody, you need to get this book. You need to share this live, the link, especially for the book. You can get it today free. Um, it's going to make a huge impact in your lives. Um, in the lives of people you know, especially anybody that you know that's a woman that's working in corporate America. Um, it's really going to share some things in a very valuable and vulnerable way that often don't get talked about and need to be. So um, like you said, I'm just killing time. All right. With that, 
join me in welcoming Gina Matson. Gina, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Steve, for having me on. I appreciate it. So first off, tell us just a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Sure. Um, so I have, um, I, I basically am an entrepreneur at this point. Um, after, um, you know, I, I, the book that we're going to talk about is inspired by true events. So just throughout my journey, um, in life, I've been in, um, corporate America for 26 years. I'm a mother. I'm now a CEO and an author. And I guess my purpose in the world is really just to, um, I guess it's multifaceted. It's about um, engaging with people and I'm very people driven. So sharing my um, story, sharing my vision, anything that I can do to help better and help um, serve people is really what my goal is, honestly, in life. And justice has always been at the heart of everything I do. Absolutely. So the book is called The Thousand Masks um, and it talks about all the different versions of ourselves that we make the world think we are. Um, and the truth of the matter is that they are masks. So talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, the real life stuff that you went through that inspired the the need really to write the book. Yeah, sure. Um, so the book is inspired by a true events, as you know. Um, you know, I have gone through at a very young age, I was um, very uh, sadly betrayed by somebody very, very close to me. Um, and it led me down a, uh, a path of um, a destructive path of, you know, you really start to question your self-worth, your value, and it follows you. It really does. And so, you know, as, as you know, strong as we think we are and as strong as I've always thought, I'm, I'm still learning and I'm always learning. Um, you know, I really wanted to write this book almost like a, a healing balm for anyone who is uh, in pain or hiding from that pain, whether they know it or not, um, that they're hiding from it, to be a torchbearer, for lack of a better word, um, and, and talking and illuminating some of the discussions and some of the, the very raw points of this book um, and, and bring it out of the dark corners and talk about it, right? And so, that's why I'm so appreciative to be on here today, because it allows me and my mission to want to not make these topics and what's really going on. Um, you know, us being afraid and us not being able to speak up, whether you're male, female, it doesn't matter. Uh, people in general, we we some we hide sometimes without even knowing our mind as well. And I'll speak for myself. Um, you know, when I was um, hurt as a young child, I literally, uh, my brain didn't even allow me to realize this until I was about 12. Um, and so when I came to realize what happened, my whole world fell apart. Um, and so when you, when you realize that and you realize how powerful our mind is, you start to understand as you go through things um, that other people are also doing this. And you know, I just really wanted to call to action these one in three statistics for young girls, the one in six for young boys, and then how, you know, in the book with Anna's story, how it follows um, throughout your life. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to us about the masks that we wear, you know, the ways that we get through life rather than really loving it like we should. 
Yeah, I think our, um, living authentically is such a big topic um, these days. And, and so I guess for me, it's, um, you know, when, when, when I was thinking about what I wanted the cover to be, you know, I realized and I thought back on my story and what I was trying to share by, by writing this book that I, I realized how many masks I really did wear. You know, whether it was one, it was a different mask at work, it was a different mask. Um, and, and, and really, these masks are, we, we build them ourselves unconscious, so, no, uh, unconsciously, and it's to protect us. We go into self-preservation mode um, whenever something, doesn't matter what it is, whenever we're hurt. Um, you know, it, it basically, we create these masks of who we want and who we think we should be. Um, and to cover and to cover up the pain um, that we might be going through and might be dealing with. Yeah, it's so very real. So uh, let's just give people a little taste of the book. Um, totally unfair question, I know, up front, but kind of what's your favorite part of the book? Um, I, I, oh, my favorite part of the book. Um, I think the idea of living authentically is something that's always really empowered me. And when I wrote this book, um, I guess my favorite part of it is that, um, actually, you know what, I'm gonna, I'll be really real on this. So uh, just before Christmas, I had a phone call um, through my business and I was interviewing a top level uh, CEO in a Fortune 100 company. And she, uh, I don't really mix my business with the book and whatnot, but she, she opened up about her truth that she had said that after reading my book, she had never told anybody about what had happened to her five years ago at work. And it was in that moment, Steve, that something just clicked. And I thought if someone in her position, you know, we all see what we want to see, what we show out there to the world on, online and in social media, when she came to me with this and I thought of her, you know, I really had her up on a, on a pedestal of, of success and what success looks like. And then she told me, you know, your book inspired me and I'm going to tell you this for the first time ever. That was my favorite part of this whole journey. That one phone call was my favorite part of the whole journey because it was in that moment that I realized the healing abilities that this book was giving to generations of women and, and men and families all around the world, really. Absolutely. So, I mean, I know that you were really vulnerable in this book um, and you wrote it as a fiction to kind of ease that a little bit, but um, were there times when you found yourself just, I don't know, maybe even potentially throwing the uh, manuscript across the room and just not able to be able to move on while you're going through the process? Um, I, I have to, I guess I'd say no, honestly. Um, no, because I have really come to terms with what, you know, it, it's taking me a long journey, of course, but I've really come to terms with the fact that I think things happen to us for a reason. And not everything happens for a reason, but it's how we embrace those things, those challenges, those setbacks, those, uh, the betrayal, um, you know, it's, it's how we take those and how we objectify them and, and implement them into our lives. And so when I had decided, it was actually through COVID, that I had decided that I was going to finally share my story. 
Um, and, you know, I did say, you know, inspired by true events. Um, I don't, you know, it's, you know, I, I've had some family even read it and say, well, did you really do that? And I'm like, it's inspired by true events that, you know, there's not all, every single aspect is not me, of course. Um, but I really wanted it to be, um, to be very real and authentic to its readers. So it could do what it did at that level with that interview that I had. And um, so I guess I, I wouldn't say no, I wasn't, uh, I, I, there wasn't a point where I didn't want to do it. It was very hard to do, of course, um, because I had to relive um, all of the things that have happened, whether it be, you know, the book really takes place at age six, 12, um, early teens, and then adulthood. And so reliving those again, of course, is always hard. You know, you, you, you remember what you've gone through. And, and I, I really sat and took my time because without being able to really deeply feel it and relive it again, it wouldn't have come through as authentically as I think it did. And that was really important. So I was willing to make myself very vulnerable and to put myself back in that position to make sure that it was as empowering as I believe it to be. One of the coolest things I took away from the book, and we've talked about this before, is you bring up a really interesting point, and that's the fact that people try to love us, um, you know, and I'm not talking about the bad ones, but the ones that really truly want to unconditionally love us. And yet the truth of the matter is, is that even that, um, until we're at a certain place, isn't really enough. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think I think when you are going through a period of self-doubt um, under and really not even understanding what your own value is, what you are giving to the world and what you can do for others and what others can do for you, it's hard. Um, it's almost like the, you know, how we say hearing the bad stuff is easier than hearing the good stuff. Um, I think this rings true um, to a lot of people and to, you know, I know certainly for myself, um, you know, it, it rings true. And, and I find like in the world right now, and a little bit off topic, but in the world of social media and trying to be our authentic self, it often gets drowned out because we're, I don't know, we're, we're in this comparison game and, you know, none of us are, there's no, we're all a unique we're all our unique selves. And so there's, you know, this, this game of, of sort of what you think somebody is and, and how you, how somebody might be trying to help you. It's hard to accept that um, as, especially if you've been betrayed, right? Because you, there's always that doubt is, is, is this person going to betray me? Um, I don't think that ever leaves. I don't think honestly that that will ever leave me. I don't think, I don't let it injure my relationships that I have now. I believe in the power of goodness. I believe in people. It's why I love what I do for a living. Um, but it's hard. It's hard sometimes to let people fully in, uh, especially when you've been betrayed. It's such a great book. Um, and it's, it's, it's a good book just to read. I mean, uh, if you want to read, you know, kind of the romance and the suspense and the, and the, you know, the building part of that, you know, there's all of that too. So those of you that are listening, you know, I mean, it's an amazing book on that level as well. But I know that you have hopes and dreams for the book. What is the, 
maybe one of the things at least that you'd like people to walk away after having read the book? What would you like them to be at? One thing. Okay. Um, you can have more than one if you need it. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess there's a couple of really, really big things for myself in this. Um, I really want people to walk away. I want, I want parents to walk away um, understanding the signs to look for. Um, so there's a part in the book that um, Anna is going through and it's not obvious um, because when, you know, oftentimes when we are abused at a young age, it's, it's typically from somebody that you know or somebody close in the family. And so, you know, I really want parents to understand what to look for. You know, I think for myself, you know, as a mom, myself, it's really opened my eyes and how I parent and the conversations that I have with my children. So a takeaway, um, I think, for for parents is really to to keep, I don't know, to keep the conversations going to 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 look for the signs that are very clearly outlined in my book you know Anna's signs they're there um but when you're when you're in the moment when you're in that situation it's very hard to see that with people that you love and you trust yourself right so i for parents really honestly to to know what to look for um i think will really help minimize the impact that this is having in life and then you know, as an adult, I really want to, and, and we've talked about this as well, Steve, you know, getting into um, working with the youth and working with young, young, um, the younger generations and how to avoid some of the pitfalls that I have fallen through and how, how many of us have, um, but to be able to speak to them and to, to help share them, I don't know, ways to avoid some of these things that, that go on and, and some of them are very easy to avoid, but it's knowledge is power. And um, so I think from reading this book from parents, the biggest takeaway is knowing how to see the signs, knowing that anybody, you don't know what anybody is capable of. And I don't want to live in a, in a place where we fear everybody, but we have to be realistic in the times that we are and with the stats that we have, and we need to be vigilant on that. Absolutely. I love that. Well, just, uh, you know, and of course, everybody, I will drop the link in case you didn't read it in the description for you to be able to get the book. Um, and if you need to, you can reach out to me if you live in a country other than the United States or if that link isn't working for you, please let me know. But do tell us just a little bit before I let you go, because there's a pretty good synergy, I think, between the book and what you do in life. Tell us a little bit about your company. Sure. Um, so I have been in the executive recruiting and technology space, IT technology space, um, my whole career. I started out at the age of 19 and uh, have kind of moved. And so in uh, just before I actually wrote the book, I decided 10 days before COVID, actually. Uh, so bad timing, but it worked out. Um, I launched my own my own firm for the first time. I've only ever worked for three large companies. Uh, in fact, one of uh, some of that is in the book as well as to how to protect yourself in the, in the workplace as well. And I think that's extremely important uh, takeaway as well that I didn't mention. But um, yeah, so so I opened up my own business and really it's because I wanted to work by my own set of rules, Steve, uh, as, as cliche as that may sound. Um, I've been through a lot in corporate America, um, very hard times, very good times, but it's been very challenging. Um, and I really just, I know, 
I love people and I want to help people. And like I said at the beginning, you know, I always operate from a, a need for justice. And that has brought about everything that I've done, to be honest, um, no matter what the fall is from that for myself personally. So GemTech, um, my recruiting business, is really just a transparent partnership-based executive and IT recruiting firm where I get to really know people and get to know my candidates that I'm working with and truly match them up in the right role um, for themselves. And so being able to be a part of somebody's career change or if somebody is unemployed and helping them get back to work and helping my clients really build an inclusive culture. So GemTech is really just um, my, my brand and my vision for transparency and diversity and really at the end of it, helping people, helping people. I love it. Well, I do hope everyone will get a thousand masks today. Uh, you can't get it for free today on Amazon, the ebook um, and check that out. Gina, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been my pleasure. A thousand masks. Think about it for a minute. Think of all the masks that you wear throughout the course of the day, the week, the months, and over the years. What are the things that you do to hide? And how can you empower yourself to step away from that mask and make the difference that only you can make to live as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I am a third generation minister, an international best-selling author of multiple books, and I help people write, publish, and market their books to bestseller. In fact, there are literally thousands of people that have used the system that I created to be able to write, publish, and market their books, and now they're best-selling authors, and you're next. I just wanted to come on for a minute, say hi to you, tell you a little bit about me, introduce myself, and tell you I know the world is waiting on your message, and I would be so honored to be part of sharing your message with the world. Go to AskStevekid.com and schedule a time to talk today. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about empowered women making an impact. We talked in the first segment about a thousand masks, about the masks that we wear and the abuses that can happen in life and how we hide them from the world and how we can become empowered to make a difference not only in our own life, but by sharing it, make a difference in others' lives as well. What an amazing story. And we want to move on with another powerful woman who is doing such amazing things in this world. And she too will show you how to be an empowered woman making an impact and live as a thriving entrepreneur. Join me in welcoming Susie Tapp. Hey, Susie, how are you doing today? Well, thanks, Steve. How are you? I'm doing really good, thanks. So start us off. Tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. 
So I'm Susie Taff. I'm actually Australian, but I have created a product which um, I have scaled in Australia and I'm bringing over to the US at the moment called Scanties. So I'm a single mum of three, which was what prompted me to start the business in the first place. I know going through a divorce and suddenly becoming a single mum of three and then consequently bankrupt as well. Um, let's start a business. So here we are now. Um, it's a unique design that I created basically for, out of necessity that something didn't exist, like all good inventions. So, yeah, that's how I'm talking to you here today. And I know you call Scanties anti-shapewear. So uh, can you explain that to us, what that means? Yes, we're actually taking on the shapewear move uh, with a movement called anti-shapewear movement. Basically, my passion and my mission is to educate women against the unrealistic body standards for us to have washboard stomachs and to bounce back after pregnancy and to look a certain aesthetic so scanties um do the opposite of that where they can give you a smooth line without any of the compression or the suffocation that that shapewear give you so my premise is you can be comfortable and look good too so when you're in a torture chamber of shapewear you do, it doesn't give you confidence it makes you feel less than and so i'm on, on a movement and passionate um mission to start getting women to love the bodies that they're in as they are right now Oh, I love that so much. Love that so much. So, um, talk to us a little bit about the journey. I mean, you said you got a divorce, you went through bankruptcy. Um, I mean, you're in a good place now. So, how did you go from all of that mess to all the good stuff that's going on now? Um, very slowly, actually. <laughs> in hindsight, um, it was crazy to do all of that, but. Um, I think you don't know what you don't know. So I think blind faith is something that I definitely have held on to. Um, it was, I think, going through a divorce, um, I was really questioning life and I had a bit of a spiritual awakening journey, et cetera, where what is life about? Like, what are we actually here for? Are we just here to turn up to a job, do it day in, day out? earn our paycheck make ends meet is that like is that what it's about and so I was looking my answer was no you're actually supposed to find your passion and live in your passion so uh, my training was actually I'm an engineer and whilst I can do engineering I'm not like it doesn't fulfill me like my passion like it's so this business I actually had made them for myself um, because the product didn't exist like eight years before this and hadn't even thought about making it into a business. And only a few people had asked me, well, what are you wearing? And I'd showed a couple of people over the years, like it's probably eight years. And that was what made me think this could have commercial viability. And so when I was going through my aha life moment, I thought, well, this actually helps women and I get to travel with it. I get to do, it's like, Whilst it's only one product, there's a lot of fashion and creativity in, in the content creation and the photo shoots and, and fabric choices and color palettes and things like that, which really um, engineering does not fuel that creative side. So um, that's what made me decide to dive headfirst into this business. Okay. And so then you start the company and everything went perfectly, right? <laughs> Definitely not. Um, it took probably 2016. So the day I found out that um, the money was all gone, I booked three flights using all the frequent flyer points that we had back to China. 
I did have, so I have to preface this with that I did have manufacturing experience. In my 20s, my sister and I manufactured maternity clothing. Um, we had never been pregnant nor had kids, but that had that is another story. <laughs> but I did have the maternity, the, the manufacturing experience. So I booked the three trips to China and I thought, okay, I am going to make, make this work. But that was 2016. I didn't start selling until 2019. We had failed batch of product. Um, which really shook me. But what I had to dig deep each time everything failed was into the why. And it was that the product was going to help women feel better. And I think today more and more businesses have to come from a service perspective. Like, how am I serving you? What can I do to make your life better? And so that was the real driver behind every setback. And I had more and more and more setbacks. And there was a lot of tears on the floor. But it's and I think this is a key in business. It's how you pick yourself back up each time you fall down. And I think knowing what you're there to do and who you're there to serve is crucial in just keeping that true north to keep the ship pointed going forward. And you're starting the anti-shapewear movement. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's probably bigger in Australia than it is here in the United States. So uh, tell people about it and why they want to be part of it. So it's actually not big anywhere yet. And so we're really in the um, learning phase about what even is anti-shapewear. And the best part about that is I love that people are so intrigued about what is anti-shapewear. And I think the in, they're intrigued because they want, want to know what is this alternative to this shapewear that we're all being squished in, squeezed into. So the movement is all about Accepting women's bodies for how they should look, not what um, mainstream marketing and media have portrayed them to look over the years. There's some statistics that 91% of women are unhappy with something about their body and would like to change it. And only 5% of women have got the body shape that is portrayed in mainstream media. So there's some huge statistics that marketing um, and mainstream media have been playing on for years and years and years. So I want to showcase different bodies, like after you've had babies, after you've um, had surgeries, maybe you've got gender affirmation surgery and you're transitioning so that all bodies in their form are beautiful. So you don't need to manipulate and contortion. And like I pair on the other day just to check and remind myself while I was doing this. And it's like if you've never worn them, it's like being squeezed into sausage casing. So everything sort of shifts around and you become this tubular like thing of skin and it's absolutely awful so I'm here to champion to women to say there's other alternatives and you don't need to feel like a sausage anymore oh I love that so much so um are they mostly uh I don't want to use that bad word but we'll go there um are they mostly a legging type of a Spanx kind of a thing you wear so or so yes, yeah, you definitely wear them, but they're more like a they're a new category of un undergarment basically. So 
With the coverage, like a Spanx or a um, Skims would give you, but without the compression. So using my engineering brain, what I did was I deconstructed all the components about what makes something fit well without being tight. So I've displaced the pressure point around the waistband, which gives a smooth line without it needing to be constricting or tight. Or if there's too much pressure in one zone, then it leads to like the skin to spill over the top. Um, and then I've made them in a really sheer fabric. So they're super, super light. So they feel like that you're not wearing anything. But then I've also incorporated an enormous cotton panel, which is super important for the breathability and the, um, like the hygiene level, like having synthetic. And I think they've done lots of studies lately about this new, the PFAs in, um, lots of the exercise wear and having that synthetic fabric up against your special zone is really dangerous because it's so absorbent and they just don't know what these chemicals are doing long term in the recycled plastics and things like that they're using in all this athletic wear. I love that. So um, can we get it here in the United States already? Is it available in America now? Yes, definitely. Um, I, would, I have warehouse in Texas, so it's online at scanties.co. Um, and yes, definitely. We're distributing all over the US at the moment. It's e-com only at the moment. Um, and hopefully we'll grow out into retail stores further down the track as we expand. How many, um, is, is there any size that's too big or too small that they wouldn't be practical or work for? So no, definitely not too small. We go down to, um, a zero, but you can still wear them. I have lots of my daughter's younger friends who are still like 11, 10 and 11, and even nine that 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 squish into the, that sort of wear the extra small. Um, but uh, we at the moment we got to a size about 22 US, um, 22 to 24, depending on body shape. And we do hope to expand that range a little bit further once we once we get a bit of traction and can um, understand the market a little bit better. And when you speak, speak about people squishing into them, that isn't your way of encouraging ladies to use your product when they're bigger than that and squish into them and be uncomfortable again. Oh, uh, no, definitely not because they're stretchy. If, if anyone's bigger than that size, if they contact me, we can actually workshop and see um, which, if the, if the sizing would work or I, I just don't know exactly where my top sizing, I have to, I have to do more fit models because at the moment the sizing is big enough in Australia, but I know the market's different in the US. So I haven't found anyone in Australia that they would, that they didn't fit. So I just need to do it on a case by case basis. They, they, even they wouldn't be squishing in, it would never be tight. <laughs> just might roll down and be annoying. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about being able to get them. So you go on to scanties.co, you order them. Um, you know, what if you get your size wrong? Are they returnable? Are they, you know, what? how does that work? They, they actually aren't returnable because they are classified as underwear. So for hygienic reasons, um, we can't return them. However, I'm very happy to talk to everyone like personally to make sure that we get the size correct. And then I've also created Susie's Happiness Guarantee. As a small business at the moment, I can't unfortunately offer um, first pair free because um, I don't have the capacity for that. However, um, if they are the wrong size, my happiness guarantee is you can gift them to someone else because if you return them, they're just going to landfill because they're underwear. However, you could gift them to someone else that you know that they might fit and then to contact me and we can sort out a suitable situation to make you happy with finding a better size for you, etc. 
Oh, I love that. Um, Scanties.co. Um, people need to go there and get that. Before I let you go, though, give uh, women that are listening some words of encouragement about this new movement and the possibility of not having to have to um, squish themselves anymore, corset themselves. There's a good old fashioned word for you. <laughs> Well, they literally are a corset. So, yes, women, stop doing it. You are beautiful as you are and you are bodies. I want you to think back to Renaissance art or sculptures of Venus. Like those women are beautiful and curvy and they were deemed the most beautiful women in the world. And then a last little tip I'll leave you with is think forward to your 80-year-old self. What would your 80-year-old self, whenever you're criticising a part of your body or how you look, what would your 80-year-old self say to you if she was sitting right next to you? And I'm sure she'd think you looked fantastic. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, the truth of the matter is you talked about only 5% of people are that quote-unquote perfect body shape. The truth of the matter is that none of them that I've ever met like themselves either. And they have all kinds of flaws they see about themselves too. So. Oh, that is so true. And it's not, and so, sorry, one part I forgot to mention about the movement is I think if we can change my generation's language about their bodies and how they feel about themselves, we can cut this shame cycle down with the next generation. So I have two daughters and a son. So for me, body positive and body positivity and body confidence has been really important in my house um, so that we can cut that generational shame cycle out. And then the next generation won't, won't have these issues that we've grown up with. Oh, I love that. Susie, I appreciate the awesome product that you engineered for women and the movement that you've got going. Thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thanks so much, Steve, for having me. What a great mission, a wonderful product, and a wonderful way of not only empowering herself, but empowering other women to be able to look better, feel better, and have something that truly works for them. Often we have an idea that can make such a difference not only for ourselves, but for the people that the product's meant for. And what a great way to live as a thriving entrepreneur. All of you empowered women out there, make the impact that only you can make and live as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I am a third-generation minister, an international best-selling author of multiple books, and I help people write, publish, and market their books to bestseller. In fact, there are literally thousands of people that have used the system that I created to be able to write, publish, and market their books, and now they're best-selling authors, and you're next. I just wanted to come on for a minute, say hi to you, tell you a little bit about me, introduce myself, and tell you... I know the world is waiting on your message, and I would be so honored to be part of sharing your message with the world. Go to AskStevekid.com and schedule a time to talk today. This is Steve. Welcome back. 
Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about empowered women making an impact. We've talked about changing out of and not wearing the masks that we wear. We've talked about an awesome product that is helping empower women as well as is led by a really powerful entrepreneur herself. And now we want to talk a little bit about changing the way we do business with another great female entrepreneur that is most definitely flipping the strip and helping us to be able to live as a thriving entrepreneur. Here she is. Join me in welcoming Terry Bader. Hey, Terry, how you doing today? Hi, Steve. How are you? I am doing so good. Thanks. So to begin this off, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Well, um, I am a leadership coach and um, business advisor to mostly social entrepreneurs, people in uh, learning and development, uh, human resources, people who are trying to change the way we do business. Um, and uh, that's what I do. I just recently wrote a book uh, about that journey. And it's called Flip Your Switch, A User's Guide to a Whole New Mind. And it's really about that journey, which I'm sure you can understand with all the work that you've done. Um, where we go from a duality mindset of, you know, somebody wins, somebody loses to a co cooperative mindset where we're actually adding value by coming together and uh, in a complementary sort of way and how that affects the way we do business and how we live our lives. So when we talk about flip our switch, we're talking literally about flipping our switch from the um, all or nothing mindset to a more inclusive, more understanding another person's point of view type of a mindset. Is that a good way of saying it? Or did I oversimplify it? <laughs> no, that's a pretty good way of saying it. I call I, I call one mindset war consciousness because it's a perception of the world where you have to capture, contain, and control something or someone in, in order to compensate for some hole inside of you. And that's just not healthy. People are not happy that way. And it's, it actually makes for bad business in leaders. And then the other end of the spectrum is what I call love consciousness. And that's where we understand that we're all connected, that we're all complement, we're all complementing one another. It's about cooperation. It's about coming together for the greater good and understanding that that's where we add value. And that's what, pro that's where profit comes from is from adding value. We cannot extract profit reasonably without adding value because then there's nothing to extract it from it's sort of like you know trying to get water from a rock it doesn't work and so much of what we learn when we go to business school is uh, what I call kind of this MBA myopia where we're calculating and manipulating how we can extract profit from something or a process or a product without un understanding first what's the value added what need are we actually reaching to answer? What human need is being answered? And uh, so I help leaders, you know, flip their switch, which 
makes for happier people, more balanced planetary <laughs> operations, uh, everything, everything. Yeah. So tell me a little bit of the backstory, you know, before you wrote the book. Uh, it sounds like there was probably something pretty interesting you went through in your own life that caused you to know you needed to flip your own switch um, and, and kind of led you to this breakthrough. Yes. Well, I mean, there were many, many different levels. Uh, and it's all about, it's kind of that leveling up that happens through life, you know. Um, sometimes it's the proverbial two by four upside the head that has to teach you something. Um, I went through different things, some medical things. I went through also some societal things, uh, where as a woman, I wasn't accepted or, you know, where I, I had to give up, uh, I was in a career at one point I had, that I had been invested for five years. I was told point blank that I would not be considered unless I was giving sexual favors to the, the man in charge. Um, and so it was like, it was a no go. So, you know, you walk away from these things in life and you're like, I just invested four years, like all of these, it's not fair situations and realizing how manipulating and calculating people are it just us humans. And I, nobody's immune from this. We all have this kind of uh, left brain calculating mindset um, and this also win lose mindset. Um, somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose, somebody's got to get beaten down so that somebody can be on top. And I spent my life going through different iterations of this professionally and personally. And I kept coming back to this main formula. And like, it's this divided mindset, even like internal conflict is representative of this form of consciousness, which I call war consciousness. It's really like this state of being and it's everywhere. We teach it in school, especially business school. We teach it in sports and there's a limit to what we can do with competing. There's a point where any team in sports that does really well, it's because they're coming together and they're working as a unit. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's how humanity can save itself by flipping their switch and, and having a, a higher level of consciousness, a different level of consciousness where we consider each other as parts of the whole. And, you know, it's like, for me, it's kind of the MC squared to how life works and how you can be happy and successful by getting out of war consciousness into love consciousness, your whole agency in the world changes. That was a lot. I mean, um, I hope that helped. Oh no, that helped a lot. I mean, I love how Zig Ziglar uh, said it when he said, if you help enough people get what they want in life, you'll never want for anything in your own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's also like, I think a lot about like something that really hit me was uh, a quote by Einstein, which was no problem was ever solved at the level of consciousness at which it was created. And, you know, so many people who are in war consciousness are like, yeah, but these people are doing bad, you know, and they're all in their judgy pants and they're, you know, and I'm like you elevate yourself, you'll find the solutions. If you can't see 
because you're still in the weeds. So get out of that like calculating, manipulating left brain mindset, this lower sense of consciousness where we're at war with self and others. Elevate yourself from the inside out. Go on that inner journey to, you know, really be a more whole person. And then you get to see farther more and you get to solve problems in ways that you couldn't before. And I think when you create value, the natural response that you get is, you know, good things come back to you because you, you basically you get what you give instead of trying to extract for the sake of profit only. If you're actually adding value, solving real problems, you know, discerning and answering actual needs in business or in life, or just as a person or a neighbor or a community member, you're going to get back all kinds of reward. Always. Mm, I love that so much. So um, you've talked a lot about business, but if I've, uh, you know, from what I've read of the book and stuff, you have much more in mind than just helping business organizations. You'd really like to impact all of humanity. Um, and a lot of times I don't necessarily use exactly the questions, but I'd love to know what is your vision for the future of humanity and how your book contributes to it? The book is a personal journey because I can only coach so many individuals and I choose business because leaders, CEOs, social entrepreneurs and all of that, there's a ripple effect because they're going to go out and affect other people. And if they're in the right mindset, understanding this, they're going to spread that. But the book is for anybody and everybody to flip their switch and be happier and find out what their own sense of purpose and calling is and, you know, get to it. And it, I think from a humanity point of view, we're reaching kind of a critical point where we need to shift. And that shift is going to happen because we crowdsource it from our own hearts and minds. Letting go of this, you know, hardcore competition between each other and start being good to ourselves and each other. Really understanding, you know, what it means to love. Because everything we do either comes from a place of love consciousness or war consciousness. And what we do together on the planet will, the outcome will be from who we are being while we're doing whatever it is we're doing. It doesn't matter what you do for a job. So to, so to speak, it just who you're being while, while you're out there doing whatever you do for a job. Uh, it doesn't, you know, so if you're a mom or a dad or a sister or a brother, it doesn't matter like what role you have in your family. It's who you're being while you're fulfilling that role. Um, that's the, uh, what we call the, the outcome is contained within the means. And um, that comes from Buddhist philosophy. And it's really about how the energy you're putting out while you're being you will qualify the color of the response that you get back. It will 
qualify the nature of the response you get back and what you create in the world. So it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, you're either bagging groceries or you're Elon Musk. It's exactly the same thing. You need to figure out your mental, emotional landscape and choose, be at choice to step into the love consciousness, which is immediately rewarding because you feel better yourself. And then it starts to ripple out of you. And then you meet other people and we start to like crowdsource this whole other dimension of being together by creating it with our hearts and minds. Say that again. It's who you are while you're doing who you're being. It's, while, say yeah, that again. It's who you are being while you're doing whatever you're doing. So meaning like you can be a cook or a chiropractor. If you're, if you're pumping out negative energy in either of those situations, you know, the chiropractor might hurt somebody rather than heal somebody because that's normally what they would do. A cook would make, you know, burn the food rather or or make yucky food or use cheap ingredients and just try to, you know, it, your outcome and your, your choices, everything you do comes from who you're being. So if you clean up and 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 your own mental emotional landscape and you choose to be in love consciousness, you show up in that state of being, everything you do will be lit with that energy. If you choose to be in war consciousness, and that's who you're being as you go through life, no matter what it is you do, then everything you do will also be impregnated with that war consciousness. So it's really understanding consciousness and the two basic kinds, and you shift from one to the other. Um, and it's in all the great traditions. I'm an, also an all-faith minister, so I've studied many different traditions. And it's everywhere. It's everywhere. I just put it in a book so that people can understand it without having to study, you know, 10 different religions. Who cares? Um, what's important is what's the underlying nature of what's happening and how you as an individual can step into it and make yourself happy and other people happy and be successful and have the rewards that come with being that kind of person, both financially and mentally, emotionally, and in relationships and everything else, really. And the book is called Flip Your Switch by Dr. Terry Bader. And it is available on Amazon and, of course, all the other places you get books. Before I let you go, uh, Terry, tell us if people want to go deeper with you, how can they work with you? They can find me in two main places. Um, first one is my coaching practice uh, for, you know, leaders and, and business people mostly. That's whitelilycoaching.com. And um, white lily like the flower coaching.com. And then I have just started another uh, website platform, which is called loveconscioushuman.com. Loveconscioushuman.com. That's 
um, where I'm starting to put up a lot of other things. You can find me there for, if you want, you know, like personal coaching or things like that, or you want to join, you want some kind of education. You can, you know, you can book educational sessions with me for yourself, for groups. Um, and then, um, you can find me on Instagram, Dr. Terry Baydar, B-A-Y-D-A-R one on Insta and on LinkedIn too. Dr. Terry Badar. Um, I do a lot of, I, I work pre predominantly from LinkedIn for, you know, a lot of contacts. Love that. Well, Terry, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thank you, Steve. I really enjoy your show. I really appreciate that. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to bring another amazing, empowered woman who's making an impact. What a great book. Flip Your Switch, User's Guide to a New Mind. Earlier, we started off with the wonderful book, A Thousand Masks. And in between, we had an incredible product, all three amazing women that are doing such amazing things in this world. And you are too. If you're listening, I know, I know that you have such incredible things to do in this world. And I'm grateful for you doing it. I'm so amazed by all that you do in this world. And I want to be the one to tell you, just in case you haven't heard it recently, thank you. Thank you for all that you do, for the difference, for the impact, for the things that you do in this world that make such a difference every day because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and the world, oh, the world does need you. They need you to, yes, be an empowered woman who's making an impact. They need you on the days when you don't feel powerful at all and you don't feel like you're making any of an impact because our world is a better place because you're in it. Our world is so much better because of you. And so I want to, once again, be here to tell you, thank you. Thank you for who you are, for what you do, for every day that you spend just being you. There's nothing cooler that you do in this world than just showing up as the amazing you that is you and being every day a thriving entrepreneur because that's what you are doesn't matter whether you own your own company or not you're thriving you're changing the world you're running the business of your own life and you are making this world a better place and again I just want to say thank you thank you to all the empowered women out there that are making an impact that make our world such a wonderful world to live in thank you I hope that this has touched you, that it's helped you, that it'll help you learn how to be able to live as a thriving entrepreneur. And that until we're together again next time, you're happy, safe, warm and loved, that you know how special you are, and that you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time.
Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I am a third-generation minister, an international best-selling author of multiple books, and I help people write, publish, and market their books to bestseller. In fact, there are literally thousands of people that have used the system that I created to be able to write, publish, and market their books, and now they're best-selling authors, and you're next. I just wanted to come on for a minute, say hi to you, tell you a little bit about me, introduce myself, and tell you, I know the world is waiting on your message, and I would be so honored to be part of sharing your message with the world. Go to AskSteveKid.com and schedule a time to talk today.